Welcome to Sightseeing Japan, the podcast where we explore the land of sticks you eat things with. I'm Paul Bresson. And I'm Jason Neeling. And today our topic is sticks that you eat things with, usually known in English as chopsticks, known in Japanese as hashi. And uh, yeah, chopsticks, they're pretty cool. So I saw that about 40% of the world eats with their hands. Another 30% uses cutlery, knives, forks, and spoons. And the last 30% eat with chopsticks. Most of those people eating with chopsticks are in East Asia, primarily China, Korea, and Japan. But chopsticks aren't exactly the same all over the place. Different countries have different styles. And chopsticks can be all sorts of different shapes, sizes, materials. But in general, chopsticks are pairs of equal length sticks that are held in one hand to pick up food for cooking or eating. Yeah, you squeeze the food between the two ends of the sticks and you got it. Pretty simple. And chopsticks are used to eat pretty much anything. You can eat rice, fish, meat, veggies, even noodles and soups people use chopsticks for. I personally like to use them for Cheetos. <laughs> Great for avoiding getting those uh, orange cheesy fingertips. Yeah, it works. Popcorn, too. Okay. At the movie theater. I, I hate You're sitting... You're bringing chopsticks to the movie theater? <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Actually, I don't think I have done that. But if I'm eating them at home, I do. Because I like my popcorn drowned in butter. And it sucks sitting through a movie and you just can't touch anything with your hand now because it's just all greasy and gross. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. I don't feel clean enough. Just wiping it on a napkin, you know? Bring some wet wipes with you. Or chopsticks, I guess. Why not both? <laughs> anyway, so a lot of people in the U.S. have some trouble using chopsticks. I think it's safe to say. But I've also heard that even in Japan, a lot of Japanese people don't know how to use them properly, apparently. In Japan, the cabinet office did a survey in 2010, and they found that it was just over half of Japanese people over the age of 18 were deemed to hold their chopsticks correctly. So almost half were holding them incorrectly. That's interesting. Yeah. That makes me think of uh, like handwriting. You know, everybody like holds a pen a little bit differently. Oh, totally. Yeah. You know, and there's probably a more correct way to do it. I see some people that hold it in like the weirdest ways. And it's like, how do you write like that? But with enough practice, you can. Yeah. Yeah. Like you say, yeah, I've definitely known people that held pens in really weird ways. Yeah, we all write every day, but... Some people, like, seem to hook it in their thumb somehow. I don't know. Yeah. So let's talk about the word chopsticks. I thought that was kind of interesting. Did you read anything about the origin of that word? Yeah, a little bit. I saw there are a couple theories. Yeah, it's not totally clear. Nobody really knows for sure. But yeah, they're interesting ideas. I saw that it may have come from Chinese pidgin English. Okay. Have you heard of a pidgin language? Like, do no. you know what that means? No. I had to look it up. I'd heard that before, I think, pidgin language, but I wasn't sure. So I looked it up. A pidgin language is one that develops between two groups of people that don't share a common language. So it becomes like a mix of two different languages. Okay. So a lot of these types of languages develop between traders that need to exchange goods when they don't fully understand each other. So they kind of come up with this new language that they can use to communicate. Okay. So in that Chinese pidgin English, 
which was developed between the 17th and 19th centuries. Chop chop is quickly. So that is one idea of where the chop sticks come from. Quick sticks can quickly get food into your mouth. Okay. Uh, there's another pigeon word from Southeast Asia, chow. You see what that means? I don't know. It makes me think of chow mein, delicious noodles. Chow apparently means food. Okay. Like, you know, puppy chow. It's funny that these words, like, they've become a part of mainstream English, you know, chop, chop. Oh, give me some chow. Yeah, right. Funny how languages work like that. So yeah, if, you know, if chopsticks was based on chow, then you got food sticks. That would make a lot of sense. Yep. Food sticks. That'd be weird if we called them food sticks. <laughs> kind of makes more sense. Like, where, what is the chop thing? What? Yeah. Then you think they were edible. Go get some food sticks. Like, oh, but you can't eat them. Oh, yeah. You eat with them. Good point. Yeah, food sticks, like food in stick form. We'd have to call them food eating sticks. Yeah. That'd be weird. It would be. Let's just call them hashi. Okay. Or chopsticks. Or chow sticks. Okay, things are getting weird now. Chow sticks would be cool. Let's go with that. Chow sticks? Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of fun. All right, let's talk about the history of chopsticks. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. Chopsticks go back quite a ways. Yeah. And, you know, you might think that chopsticks were the very first eating utensil, right? I mean, wouldn't that kind of make sense? Yeah. But they're, they're not. The spoon actually came before chopsticks, which I guess sort of kind of also makes sense. Yeah. Spoon's pretty basic. Yep. And I read that the spoon came first because before rice was such a huge staple food in Asia, People were eating things like porridge made out of millet. So you need a spoon. Eat the, the porridge. Yeah. Spoons are versatile. You can eat almost anything with a spoon. Yeah. But from what I saw, and before we even get into this, I know we've said this in other episodes, but when we're talking about things that happened thousands and thousands of years ago, it's hard to get real precise. Yeah. The source I'm reading says chopsticks originated in China over 3,000 years ago. Yeah, and but then I, what'd you find? Yeah, I found chopsticks were developed about four to 5,000 years ago in China. So those don't technically contradict each other, but that's a wide range of possible times of chopsticks starting. Yeah, but at least we were consistent with China. Yeah. It probably came from China. Everybody seems to agree they're from China. Yeah. And the earliest versions of them were probably even just twigs, from what I saw. Like, you know, just snap off a couple branches Use those to grab some hot food out of a cooking pot or something. Makes yeah. sense. That would be the origin of it, I think. I mean, even like roasting a marshmallow on the fire. Stick it on a stick. Roast it. Some genius grabbed a second stick and was like, ah, now I can pick things up. <laughs> there you go. So the oldest chopsticks that have actually been found are from 1200 BCE. There were six bronze chopsticks excavated from the ruins of Yin in China. What's Yin? A city? It was a capital at the time. Cool. There have been a lot of capitals of China over the years. I'm sure. But most chopsticks back then were probably made of wood. And the earliest ones were almost for sure, I think, made of wood. So you're just not going to find them. You're not going to find wooden chopsticks yeah. that are over 3,000 years old. Yep. So somewhere around 400 CE or so, the population was booming, which made resources scarce. 
And chefs started to figure out that they could heat up food a lot faster by cutting it into small pieces. This might have been the origin of like a stir fry sort of idea. And, you know, if you have small pieces like that, all of a sudden you can pick those up with chopsticks. Like you're not eating anything that can't be eaten with just chopsticks. So that made knives at the table unnecessary too. And this is supposed to have been when chopsticks started to be used at the table for dining rather than just for cooking. Yeah, I didn't know that at first, that originally chopsticks were for cooking. Mm -hmm. That's how they developed. And they're still used for cooking, but... Definitely. And this was actually also around the time that a guy named Confucius was alive, and he had something to say about chopsticks. Got a fun quote from Confucius. Oh, what did he think about chopsticks? He said, well, okay, it's not specifically about chopsticks. It's about knives. He said, the honorable and upright man keeps well away from both the slaughterhouse and the kitchen, and he allows no knives on his table. Sounds to me like Confucius was vegetarian. Yeah, I believe he was. Okay, he got something right. All right. All right, Paul, you can step off your soapbox. (laughs) Someone agrees with me. (laughs) All right. Moving on. So by around five or 600 AD, chopsticks had spread to Japan as well as Vietnam and Korea. And specifically in Japan, they were originally made from one piece of bamboo that was still joined together at like the back end. So they were kind of like a tweezers sort of situation. Maybe a little harder to eat with, for I guess Maybe. depending on what you're eating. That reminded me of those uh, like training chopsticks. Have you seen that? If you want to give chopsticks to your kid at a Asian restaurant, sometimes they have ones that have like a rubber band at the back that's holding them together. Yeah, so yeah. you can just kind of squeeze them. You don't have to worry about holding them correctly. Yeah, at first, no one would have any chopstick skills. Yeah, so you have to start somewhere. Yep. And in these very early days of chopsticks in Japan. They were pretty much only being used for religious ceremonies. And we keep seeing this with all these different topics we cover. Like we talked about how sumo was first only a religious ceremony thing. Origami was first used for religious stuff. Like all this traditional stuff, the first time it came to Japan, it was like sacred, you know? Isn't that interesting? Yeah, it is. Part of it might have to do with a lot of the stuff came from China. And Buddhism is what the conduit that brought it to Japan. Yeah. So that might have something to do with it. Totally. And you can see that religious significance a lot in even the language. Like we said, uh, chopsticks are hashi in Japanese. That word hashi can also mean a bridge. And there's a lot of uh, significance in that relationship. So chopsticks were seen as providing a bridge between humans, mortals, and the divine. They were also used for sharing food with the kami, the gods. Okay. They believed that when a pair of chopsticks was offered to a kami, the kami would inhabit those chopsticks. They would become a shintai, which we've mentioned before. Mm -hmm. And then if people dined with those chopsticks, it was like they were dining with the gods. Okay, impressive. Yeah. A bridge between people and divinity. Pretty cool. Even today, chopsticks have a lot of significance in religious rituals. Uh, We talked in the New Year's episode about how they have those special chopsticks, the double-ended ones that they use for the New Year's meal. They're double-ended so that one end is for the humans and one end is for the, the kami. 
and there are ceremonies held in Japan where people can bring their old chopsticks and burn them just like they would with all those other religious items like from New Year's because of that religious connection. So they're, they're not just throwing them away in the trash. That would be disrespectful. Yeah, I did see that. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Because I never knew that uh, there was like a sacred connection to chopsticks. Yeah. Now I feel just a little twinge of guilt when I just throw away an old pair of chopsticks. But where am I going to go to get them burned, you know? Yeah, right. Bring them camping with me next time, throw in the campfire. And like disposable chopsticks are mm, yeah. meant to be thrown away. Yeah. So yeah, they were religious at first. And of course, like all that stuff that came to Japan and started out religious, the first people that started using it like daily would be super high class people, mostly the imperial court. So the first chopsticks that the imperial court started using were gold or silver. Paul, do you know why? Why were they gold or silver? Well, I heard that silver was supposed to darken or something if it came in contact with poison mm-hmm. or turn a different color. So a lot of wealthy people would eat with silver chopsticks. Yeah, and I think that idea kind of spread to all types of metals. They probably should have tested that, you know? Like poison something and then... Yeah, like stick a chopstick in it and see if yeah. it actually turns colors. That would be uh, the scientific approach, yeah. <laughs> I uh, guess they didn't have the scientific method at that time. Perhaps not. So by the end of the 8th century or so, just about everyone in Japan was using chopsticks. And traditionally, you know, the chopsticks for the masses were made of bamboo or wood. But in the Edo period, which started around the beginning of the 1600s, people started making much more fancy chopsticks using lacquer. These specific chopsticks are known as nuribashi. And Japan is actually the only country in the world that uses lacquered chopsticks. So that lacquer makes them real smooth and shiny, but also a little bit slippery. Kind of maybe harder to pick things up with them rather than with just plain wood chopsticks. But the lacquer protects the wood too, so they're longer lasting. Yeah, the only negative to wood or bamboo chopsticks is that they can get warped or wear out over time. Mm -hmm. So if you put the lacquer on them, it really kind of becomes the best choice for chopstick material. And they're pretty. And that's a big part of it. It's just they're pretty and shiny. And they can do all sorts of stuff, like put things in the lacquer to make them even more attractive. So people started dusting them with powdered seashells or eggshells. They would use coats of different colors of lacquer, and then they could sand through those in different ways to make like these really cool, colorful patterns on them. You know, the Edo period was a pretty prosperous time in Japan. So, you know, they had the time and money to just make all these really fancy chopsticks. And most of the lacquered chopsticks in Japan come from a city in Fukui Prefecture called Obama. I didn't know that. Yeah. So if you're a fan of lacquered chopsticks, you can say, thanks, Obama. All right. Also in the Edo period, this is where those disposable wooden chopsticks started to come in. Those are called wadibashi, and they were first made by sake barrel producers using the wood scraps from the wood that they were using to make the barrels. So one interesting thing I found about the disposable chopsticks is you know how they usually come together, mm-hmm. and they, they just start the cut a little bit, and you got to split them yourself. Yep. Apparently the reason for that is to serve as proof that they've never been used before. Like if you're ripping them apart, they're absolutely 100% 
new chopsticks. Unless somebody got two pairs of chopsticks <laughs> and used those in one hand. I uh, suppose you're right. You're possible. Right. It's possible. Can't be 100% sure. Nothing in life is for sure, right? <laughs> that would be pretty weird, though. Yes, it would. So as I mentioned, different countries actually have very different styles of chopsticks. Not all chopsticks are the same. For example, in China, chopsticks are usually made out of bamboo, plastic, or ivory. And you'll notice that they're a lot longer and thicker than those from other countries, especially Japan's. And the reason they're longer is because in China, food is often served family style on a big rotating Lazy Susan sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So if you have really long, thick chopsticks, you can reach really far with them and you can pick up a lot of food at once. So if you're like pulling it out of serving dishes and stuff, it makes sense, right? Yeah. They also don't taper as much near the tip. So the tips are still real thick. That helps with grabbing a bunch of food. But that also makes them less precise. You know, you're going to have more trouble picking up like a single grain of rice with those real thick ones. Yeah. Okay. In Korea, a lot of chopsticks there are made of stainless steel. That's the traditional Korean chopsticks. And the origins of that tradition are those same myths that we mentioned in the history section about how the metal chopsticks were supposed to detect poison. Metal is also easy to wash. True. Yeah, people think that they're more hygienic. You can't have bacteria soaking into the wood or something. Also in Korea, a lot of times they're flat. You ever used flat metal chopsticks, Paul? Yeah, when I was in Korea. They're hard to get used to. It's a little different. Yeah. They fit in your hand in a very different way, you know? <laughs> and did you know in Korea, they don't use chopsticks for rice? I probably do that, but forgot. Spoons? Yeah, you'll always get the metal chopsticks and a metal spoon because they use a spoon for rice. I never knew that until I did this research. Spoons work well for rice. They do. I just expected, thought everybody would be using chopsticks for rice because that's what Japan does. When you were in Korea, did you notice that the rice there is much different from Japanese rice? Is it like less sticky? Uh, they're very proud of their rice in Korea. <laughs> and uh, I didn't notice it to be less sticky, you know. It's I mean, good. a Korean restaurant, I'm sure I've used chopsticks for rice there and didn't have any problems. Anyway, so that's China and Korea. Paul, tell us about Japanese chopsticks. There are some unique things about Japanese chopsticks. One thing is that you will have different size chopsticks for different family members, being yeah. that men and women will have different size chopsticks, mm -hmm. generally the women's being a little bit smaller. They'll even have little kids' chopsticks. Yep, yep. That are so. five inches long or something. Everybody's got their own like size to their hand chopsticks. Mm -hmm. The Japanese chopsticks often have circumferential grooves Ooh, at the word. eating end. Yeah. Yeah, I'd never heard of that word before. But basically little grooves that just go around the circumference of the chopstick at the end to yeah. help it grip food and prevent slipping off the end. Yep. And then you mentioned the lacquer thing earlier. That's another unique thing to Japan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but not all Japanese chopsticks are lacquered. You'll find them made out of all sorts of different materials. You got, you know, wood is probably the most common yeah. material, but also ivory, bone, plastic, and they can be carved or decorated in all sorts of different ways. Like there's just an insane variety and they can get super expensive. 
I actually came across a store in Kyoto that was selling chopsticks that were like up to 8,000 yen per pair. It's like 80 US dollars. Yeah, I believe it. But they're, I mean, they look pretty cool, gotta right. say. Right. Japanese chopsticks also tend to taper more towards the end, kind of almost towards a sharp point rather than like a blunt end to it. Right. I saw that supposedly the reason for that, that they're so pointy, is that in Japan people eat a lot of fish and those narrow tips are good for picking out bones out of your fish. Okay. I mean, you can be super precise with those. Like you won't have a problem picking up a single grain of rice with Japanese chopsticks. They're so narrow at the end. Yeah. I also see in Japan, they like split apart bigger pieces of food by sticking the chopsticks in and then spreading them apart. Mm -hmm. So being sharper might help with that. Yeah. In Japan, they've also got special cooking chopsticks called saibashi. Or ryoribashi. Ryori is cooking. They're usually quite a bit longer, like at least 12 inches long. Something like that, yeah. Used for moving food around. Uh, they even deep fry with them. Like, you know, tempura. Mm -hmm. They're picking it in and out of the oil with chopsticks, with cooking chopsticks. Yep, I've seen that. And they're usually bamboo, although sometimes metal. But they might have bamboo handles over the metal. So the heat doesn't work its way up to where your hands are, right? Yeah, right. If you're sticking them in oil or something or in a pan, yeah. you got that little protection for your hands. Yeah. And maybe the most unusual thing about Japanese chopsticks is that in Japan, everybody has their own personal pair of chopsticks. I mean, like Paul said, we, they have different sizes for different people. But even if you're just living with a bunch of adults or something, you're not going to be sharing chopsticks, which is very different from in China. In China, people will just keep like a collection of identical chopsticks in a box or a cup at the dining table and you just grab a couple out of there. But in Japan, everybody's got their own. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I did see this one thread where someone was asking, I just got some chopsticks and they were asking about etiquette. Like, can I bring them to a restaurant with me? Mm. Or can I bring them to like someone else's house with me? And people were pretty much saying like, don't. <laughs> Because hmm. it'd be rude to bring them to someone else's house because it's like, oh, I don't trust the chopsticks you're going to give me or whatever. Sure. And then a restaurant, they were all kind of like, that's kind of pointless. They're just going to give you chopsticks. But you could. Well, I have actually seen there seems to be a trend these days. Some people see those disposable wooden chopsticks as really wasteful, right? Yeah. So they actually make a certain type of chopsticks now that you can disassemble. Like they screw together in the middle and you can take them apart and then put them in this little carrying case. So some people are actually bringing those to restaurants just to not waste disposable ones. Yeah, it's a good idea if they're going to give you disposable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. I try to bring a spoon with me to work when I bring soup or something. So I don't have to use a plastic one. So if you've read anything about eating in Japan, you've probably heard a bunch of rules about chopsticks etiquette. And that's what we're going to cover now, because there are a lot of rules. And you know, as a foreigner in a foreign land, they'll probably cut you some slack. Nobody's going to be really uh, picky about your chopstick etiquette. But you know, it's always nice to be aware of the culture and do your best. Yeah, for sure. What's the first rule of chopsticks? I didn't know they were numbered. Yeah. Um, first rule, don't talk about chopsticks. 
Isn't that the first rule? I think so. Second rule, don't talk about chopsticks. Yep. What was the third one? Don't talk about chopsticks. Okay. Um, the fourth rule, though, is that uh, you should put the ends of your chopsticks on the chopstick rest when they're not being used. So if you're using waribashi or disposable chopsticks, the paper that they come wrapped in, you can kind of fold up into a little chopstick rest to use. Pretty convenient. Yeah, keeps them clean, keeps them off the table. Mm-hmm. What are the rules we got? Well, a lot of these kind of relate back to that. Like there, there are a lot of rules about where not to put your chopsticks. Yeah. You don't want to stick your chopsticks vertically in a bowl of rice. Right. Why is that? That's what they do at funerals. Yeah. Use Don't your chopstick that. holder, make a chopstick holder, whatever you got to do to not stick it in your ice. Also, you don't want to place your chopsticks across your bowl if you're not done eating. Doing that indicates like, I'm done, no longer want this. And, you know, if you just take a couple bites and then do that, it might be seen as rude, like, oh, they hate it, you know, they're done with it. Yeah. So I'd basically just say, Keep your chopsticks out of your bowl and off your plate unless you're eating with them. I think that's a good rule to go by. There's one rule I saw that I actually don't agree with and I don't like. What's that? That chopsticks should be placed in the right to left direction with the tips on the left. Yeah, I saw that too. Being left-handed, <laughs> I don't like that. Well, now you got me wondering, do left-handed people in Japan learn to use chopsticks with their right hand anyway? There are no left-handed people. They were all burned as witches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. Do they just make everyone eat with their right hands? Maybe. Maybe you just have to, you can eat with your left hand, but you just have to set them down funny. Oh man, now an image just popped into my head of like ambidextrous chopstick users, like somebody with Chopsticks in both hands are shoveling food into their mouth. You, know? <laughs> you can eat twice as fast that way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I bet. You'd be like a little crab. Pinchers in each hand. <laughs> I like to go with the, the one hand holds the plate or bowl right up to my face, mm -hmm. and the other hand's got chopsticks. That, that, it, that works pretty well, too. Yeah. Um, so you don't want to spear food with your chopsticks. Yeah. You want to pick up food. But... As Paul mentioned earlier, you can use them to slice soft things. If there's like a too big of a piece for you to fit in your mouth, something you can cut some potatoes or tofu or something soft. Yeah, you can cut it on your plate, but don't like stab it and bring it to your mouth and eat it. Right. Yes. Um, you don't want to cross your chopsticks. Chopsticks should always be parallel. Yep. And uh, I saw that this might be related to the X representing death in China. Okay. Definitely don't point with your chopsticks. That's rude. Yeah. Or wave them around, gesturing. Also not polite. Right. And don't pick up plates or bowls with your chopsticks. Only food. Yeah, or even move stuff around on the table. Like you don't want to use your chopsticks to push a bowl. Yeah. And the only thing they're, they're for is grabbing food, putting it in your mouth, basically. Yeah, in some circumstances... It can be okay to use the back end of your chopsticks to pick things up from a communal plate of food if there's not chopsticks provided for that purpose. Yeah, sometimes there's an extra pair of chopsticks just for that. But yeah, for the back ends, I saw that some people think that's not very clean either, which I, I understand. I mean, yeah, who knows where the back, back of your chopsticks have been? Like your hand is kind of right up by there. 
it's better than using the part that's been in your mouth. But. Right, right. But yeah, I would say just to be safe, if you're in that situation, just keep an eye on what everybody around you is doing and follow their lead. Yeah. Another big one is don't transfer food between chopsticks. It's like, mm. don't pick up a piece of food and be like, hey, Paul, you want this here? Take this out of my chopsticks with your chopsticks. And why, why is that not a good thing to do? That doesn't sound sanitary. One reason. Uh, another reason is that's also another thing that relates back to funerals in Japan. So when people die in Japan, almost everyone gets cremated and family members will pass bone fragments from person to person with chopsticks like that. So you know, a very symbolic thing for funerals. Yeah. Like you can give other food to people, but like put it on their plate. Mm-hmm. I also I actually have a couple of fun facts about funeral chopsticks, if you can call that fun, I guess. Uh, so funeral chopsticks, each chopstick is actually made of a different material. One of your chopsticks is bamboo and one is wood. And those represent the elements of fire and water, and they create a bridge, again, bridge, hashi, between this world and the next. Okay. Isn't that cool? That's cool. I thought that was interesting because it gives new meaning to this saying that I heard in Japan. They say, for Japanese people, life begins with chopsticks and ends with chopsticks. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's an interesting saying. Yeah. I wanna, I'm, I'm wondering a little bit about the beginning part now. Oh, there's actually a ceremony for that too. I forget exactly when it happens, but when the baby is really small still, there's this ceremony where family members will pick up food and like put it up to the baby's mouth. Yeah. And it's kind of this, I don't know, symbolic ceremony thing. I don't have specific notes about it, but I remember seeing something about that. Okay, that makes sense. It's better than what I was imagining. Well, what were you imagining? I was imagining like a newborn baby and they're like, tying up the umbilical cord with chopsticks. <laughs> okay. I knew that didn't actually happen, but you know, our minds do funny things. Yeah. No, I was I was curious to see where your mind went and it was <laughs> I w- I almost had a vision of them like giant pair of chopsticks grabbing the baby and pulling it out. <laughs> <laughs> the doctor has a special pair of birthing chopsticks. Yeah. Life begins with chopsticks. <laughs> uh any other etiquette notes for us yeah so when you're picking up your chopsticks you're not supposed to tap the tips on the table and it's really tempting to do that i've done that a lot of times because like that's the easiest way to make sure that your tips are at the same place you know what i mean it's easier to grab things but can you do that on like your plate uh no you're not supposed to tap them on anything like that you're just supposed to use your hands to position them okay uh yeah it's considered rude tapping them like that also, you don't want to be found sucking on your chopsticks or chewing on them. You know, if you have an oral fixation, you might be tempted to just kind of chew on them a little bit, like you might with a straw, but that is considered rude. Mm, yeah, I've never seen anyone do that, I guess, for good reason. Uh, you don't want to, again, with Paul said, you're not supposed to wave your chopsticks around or point at people. You don't want to be hovering over different plates while you decide what you want either. And you don't want to be like holding a piece of food in front of your face while you're still chewing the last piece of food. The idea is you pick up food, you put it in your mouth, you set down your chopsticks, you focus on the food that's in your mouth, you chew it, you swallow it, then you pick up your chopsticks, grab your next piece of food. Yeah, that just sounds like common politeness. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's also considered rude to wash your chopsticks off in your water. (laughs) 
or even in a bowl of soup. Like if you have a couple grains of rice or something, you, you don't want to be washing those off. Mm. Yeah, I don't think I ever would have thought to do that. Yeah. Stick them in my water. Like what? I'm going to drink feel that. Like, I feel like I might have seen people stirring them in their water just to like, I don't know, huh. clean something off of them or something. Interesting. Yeah. And I have one more thing. So a lot of people in the U.S., you might see people rubbing their disposable chopsticks together to like get rid of any potential splinters. Mm-hmm. But apparently that can indicate that you think the establishment doesn't provide quality chopsticks. Okay. Well, maybe they should provide quality chopsticks and I wouldn't need to rub the splinters All on. Right. Well, if you want to send that message, that's your prerogative. Just be aware of what you're saying with yeah. that. Yeah. And, you know, We've gone through a lot of rules now, and I'm sure not all Japanese people follow these. Like, these aren't like super strict things. Nobody's going to call you out on it, but just best practices. Yeah, I'm trying to imagine someone doing a podcast on like Western dining etiquette. Like how much of that in our everyday lives would we actually follow? I know. know? They're like, don't put your elbows on the table. I always have my elbows on the table. Yeah. Yeah. All right, you got to line up your silverware in a certain order and yeah. put a napkin on your lap and all the whatever, you know? Right, right. It makes you wonder how much of this stuff is only learned at like etiquette classes where they people are just really picky about that kind of stuff. Yeah, like you just learn it from your grandma nagging you at the table, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's all I got for chopsticks. You got anything else, Paul? Nope. Just kind of hungry now. Yeah. So chopsticks are fun. If you don't know how to use them, go on YouTube. They'll teach you. Yeah. This takes practice. Yeah. That's really all it is. Just get a bunch of rice and uh, (laughs) commit yourself to just eating a lot of rice with chopsticks. You'll figure it out before too long. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the end of the episode. If you want to check out a picture of chopsticks, go to our website, (laughs) sightseeingjapanpodcast.com. Paul, what are we talking about next time? We're going to talk about the city of Kawagoe. I love Kawagoe. Yeah, me too. Still one of my like favorite places for a day trip. Yeah, totally agree. We'll tell you all about it on the next episode. Yep. Thanks for listening. See you next time. <laughs>